Melissa Bethke. Chapter 1. Beautiful Waste. Opening Our Eyes to the Unseen. Jesus Came to Bethany, John 12, verse 1. I graduated from college, unwaveringly convinced I would change the world for God. As a college student, I volunteered with a high school ministry, sharing the gospel with hardened to Christ teenagers. And I was all in. When I wasn't studying, I spent time with students in their world. The deepest of time, one life pouring into another. I became addicted to seeing God influence the most unsuspecting lives. The year I left college, I joined the high school ministry as a full-time staff. I was on fire for God and ravenous to see what He could do. I believed there is no higher calling than to be used by God to love the lost. It was a belief that fueled me but also made me feel as if I were somehow critical to God's work. And in subtlety assenting to this understanding of my role, I exchanged compassion for judgment of others who were going to waste their 20s on anything I deemed to be of lesser eternal value. After all, wasn't my work helping God change lives most important? I was filled with ambition. The annual highlight of our ministry was the week we took a bus full of living loud adolescents to camp. Every activity and experience was beautifully designed to illustrate the person and love of Jesus to our high school students. Outdoor adventures each day bled into evenings of sharing the gospel. We told the story of Jesus and gave teenagers the opportunity to invite him into their stories. And many of them did. On the last night of camp, those who had decided to follow Jesus were given the chance to stand up and announce this life shift. That final night was what I looked forward to all week long. It often remained suspended in my memory throughout the year like flakes in a snow globe. Distant, dazzling, majestic. A few hundred sweaty teenagers who had just spent their last hours at camp cramming dirty laundry into overstuffed suitcases, cleaning out bunks, and saying the kind of tearful goodbyes you typically say to lifelong friends, despite the fact that they'd met them just seven days before, gathered in the clubhouse. The room swelled with people and music and anticipation and new lives. When the music was over and the final talk concluded, nervous varsity basketball players and homecoming queens and kids in the math club each stood up one at a time and shared that this week they'd given their lives to Jesus. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Psalm 107, verse 2. My heart raced on those nights because I knew it was just the beginning. I knew the bigger impact those dozens of yeses would have. In the year ahead, some of those teenagers in the room would open their Bibles for the first time ever and ask God to invade the world around them. Their changed lives would ripple out to influence families, friends, and football teams. Some would tell their children and their children's children that this was the night that changed everything. I looked around the room and tried to take it all in, as if my panoramic perspective could absorb the magnitude of such a night, of such a week. Reflected in the flushed faces of teenagers who wanted a fresh start, who wanted Jesus, I saw the face of God. After camp was over, I came home to an even longer list of lives I wanted to influence. When teenagers are on fire for Jesus, 
their unchurched parents start showing up to church on Sunday, asking questions and joining Bible studies. It was what I'd prayed for. It was everything I'd wanted when I started in full-time ministry. The work was sometimes hard and often exhausting, but the life-changing stories fueled me. They validated my calling and my passion. They kept me in it. Until one year, they didn't. Lives around me were changing for Jesus, but my life had grown stagnant. My passion for ministry waned, and a vague emptiness took its place. I'd have dinner with a teenager who just asked Jesus into her heart and find myself mindlessly repeating answers I'd said for years. I knew how to share about God's love with others, but I no longer felt like I was living in it myself. There was a voice in my head that wondered, Am I just saying these things about God, or do I really believe them? So I'd come home and check in on...